0: Yeah, some hotels are more podcast-friendly than others. (laughs) This this was definitely the case last time. So we've talked about all different things. And uh, I think that this time we cannot miss the most disturbing news that we have. And this is about this story that broke out just uh, recently about this article by a professor in the Department of Political Science at the University of Hawaii, George Kent, Well, actually, the article was written 10 years ago entitled The Benefits of World Hunger. Guys, just ponder this. (laughs) What can be the benefits? But actually, the article is not long. It goes through different things, why world hunger is beneficial, how it is the uh, driver for, let's say, economic growth, but it also outlines who benefits from this. The funny thing is that the article was on the United Nations website for 10 years. And just recently it got removed when it gained momentum everywhere. When people started you know, talking about it, suddenly someone noticed and uh, it was uh, wildly reposted. Luckily, there are internet archives that are working and will link to a snapshot of this article. I mean, <laughs> this short article is really full of gems explaining. I mean, gems in quotes, explaining why hunger is a good thing. Let me cite just one short passage. For those of us at the high end of the social ladder, ending hunger globally would be a disaster. If there were no hunger in the world, who would plow the fields? Who would harvest our vegetables? Who would work in the rendering plants? And who would clean our toilets? We would have to produce our own food and clean our own toilets. No wonder people at the high end are not rushing to solve the hunger problem. For many of us, hunger is not a problem, but an asset. Wow, guys, hearing this from a professor of (laughs) political science who works on human rights, with a special focus on nutrition and children, who have written several books, and the latest is freedom from want, the human right to adequate food. I don't even have the words to describe what we can think about this. (laughs) What do you think, Talia, about all these things?
1: Oh, wow. Well, it's been 10 years since the article was published on the United Nations official website, and it only picked up the momentum right now because people are being super aggressively attacked with this narrative that there are food shortages. There is not enough food. And there's this guy from University of Hawaii who says... That hunger is beneficial for the world economy, for the super rich, it helps them to get richer because poor people in fear of starvation are going to build solar panels in Brazil and get us this green energy boom. And you're watching this and you're like, is he being sarcastic? And he's not. And you're like, holy guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> holy guacamole this is unbelievable they are quite serious about this narrative Uh, i had to google for the pictures of this george kent and i can tell you the guy has not only probably never in his life experienced hunger but never even never tried fasting they think it happens to somebody somewhere elsewhere and this is exactly the approach that's ruining our society because until the very moment where when we realize that there are no strangers in this world each person is part of our unified society and this is the only way we can survive the climate challenges all the other challenges we have until that very point it it's not going to be beneficial we're not going to find a way out of this if we keep thinking like this Especially with the modern technologies, and we've been talking about robotization, about the possibilities of AI, and we have these beautiful machines that can take a lot of things. People do not have to construct buildings because it can be done automated, like a lot of stuff. It would take us a little bit of efforts and, of course, some money to invest into these technologies that would be super beneficial for everyone but not in the consumerist format of the society. You know, when I was reading this article, UN article by the professor from the Hawaiian University, I was upset, really, really upset about the fact that they don't value human life. And they are open about it, not even shy to admit that human life doesn't value much. What was shocking is that I found that this very George Kent is a contributor to the United Nations Hunger a yearly annual documents they've been sending. Unfortunately, it reminded me of the CO2 situation where they picking up a couple of people were with very questionable views and they promote them as the mainstream ones because of United Nations. And we've been talking about United Nations, which is a basically huge international corporation with a lot of branches, with a lot of sub-companies. That are only interested in enlarging their budgets annually and uh, like making their organization more powerful, more influential, get more people involved. So they are doing a really, really good job in the consumerist format of the society. They they consume, they uh, expand, they grow, but the declared part. To actually help the humanity is just not there. We have to openly face it.
0: The thing is that we were discussing about the real priorities of these all these organizations that are striving, as they say, to solve all uh, kinds of problems. But here, on the very website of the United Nations, there was this manifesto, if you want, that hunger is not a problem, it's an asset. I don't think that people can post articles, any article they want on the United Nations website. It did not happen by accident, and it was there for 10 years. They are not even covering up that they don't want to solve the problem. It is an asset. Well, we have our answer. We don't need to hint anymore. We don't need to, you know, convince people. Here it is. Here it is, reason. Well, they pulled it down from the website, but internet remembers everything, so luckily we have this. I've seen this video being posted with Nicole Kidman, who eats bugs. People say, elites tell people to eat bugs. And they cite actually a Vanity Fair video, where Nicole Kidman is eating a four-course meal consisting of different bugs and touts this as her secret talent. The video itself is not new, so this Overton window was opened a long time ago, in January 2018. We'll link to uh, this article in the video also, as usual. But what got me interested is that there is further development. There was this article from Daily Mail. uh, You'll find the link in the show notes. was talking about this chilling school trial in the primary school children in Wales, United Kingdom. They were giving meal worms and crickets on the lunch plates. And among other things, there was spaghetti with beetle bolognese. You know, it was touted as a particularly delicious mixture of insects and plant proteins. I mean, guys, no matter what you think about conserving the planet by not eating meat or anything like that, no matter your opinion about the CO2, this is disgusting. And you know, I wasn't a fan of the 1988 movie Beetlejuice back in the day. But the idea that soon we might have Juice as a new popular brand of protein shakes Ugh! (laughs) really doesn't make me want to live in this future. And why of all available already today solutions do we have to consider eating insects when we have vertical farms, hydroponics, aquaponics? We can 3D print foods from different components. Guys, if you want to look up what is aquaponics, Actually, it's a form of agriculture that combines raising fish in tanks with recirculating aquaculture, with soilless plant culture, the hydroponics that many already know. So when fish make nutrient-rich water that provides this natural fertilizer for the plants, and plants help to purify the water for the fish, the main idea we talked already about this is that aquaponics can be used to sustainably raise fish and vegetables for anything from a single family to, you know, like a village or a city and can also generate profit for those who are seeking it. And this is all year round and in any climate. We'll also leave some links in the show notes about these technologies. I'm thinking like what kind of perverted and sadistic minds are promoting that idea that we need to eat insects and be happy? Well, maybe the same who want us to own nothing and be happy I guess that then we have radically opposing views of what is happiness.
1: Yeah, like when we take a wider look at this, it just doesn't make sense that we have food shortages. And even these questions about is hunger coming up? Because, simply because we have technologies that allow us not just to produce food out of, literally sometimes out of air, as they do in Finland with the flour. But also 3D print and even grow products from cells. Like this was amazing that the meat can be produced from cells and there is no need to grow cattle, you know, with all the ethical thing in there. There is simply no need and so much waste, of course, from meat production. We all know the problems. And there are ways to produce meat so much cleaner and so much better and can be the best quality meat without all the side effects of the production. Those technologies are not being developed. We as a society are not investing in them. Even a hint of those money that we relocate to big pharma or military, for example, When in fact, uh, the food shortages, right? It's a huge problem and it's a survival problem for people on Earth. So why don't we develop those technologies? That's the question I ask. And isn't it important to us as humans? Uh, But of course, when, uh, you know, one of the articles I came across last year was this interview with one of the CEOs of the top distribution companies. So basically the grocery store companies across the United States. He was specifically asked about the food shortages. Do you consider this to be a problem that possible food shortages can lead to less product on the shelves of your stores? The answer was shocking. The answer was that we are not concerned because... Even if there will be less food, we're going to be able to sell it on a higher price. So our stakeholders still going to make money. It means that these people are detached from reality. They live in parallel universe where all they care about is their share values and their personal assets. Safety of people is not an asset for those. You know, it's not a value. It's uh, not even considered as something they would pay their attention to. That's why it's only up to us, to people to create demand for new way of thinking, new way of setting goals. Like, what do we really want this to be like? If we don't want to be victims of this agenda of Beatles and some nasty stuff, gosh, it gives me shivers. How these people coming up with such ideas? And somebody is making a lot of money. It's this gravy train that they just hop on and they, for, for the sake of ecology, they, they can do crazy stuff and they get away the way with it. And somehow it's even like, you know, the, this window of opportunities for them to make money on nonsense. Like literally you tell somebody your kid is going to eat bugs, they're going to be like, are you crazy? But the way they present it for the safety of our environment, to provide proteins for the children to increase the nutrition, to provide safety and reduce carbon emissions. When you hear all this, basically, stamps, it means you're being tricked. That's the only thing that comes across my mind. Where is the response from people, I wonder? Where, Where are the people actually saying that let's end this cycle of lies finally? Because eventually, there is a popular short on the internet that you you can find it on many websites. It says, you are the carbon they want to get rid of. And eventually, (laughs) if you agree to feed your children with bugs in order to reduce carbon, eventually, your life doesn't value more than those bugs for those who organize this kind of Media attacks on the society, I wouldn't choose other words to actually put it.
0: You know, when guys like the CEO of Nestle, who is famous for saying that uh, water is not a human right and uh, should be privatized, I don't really see the difference in wanting to feed people insects, which is disgusting by itself. It's sad that some people have to resort to this kind of food, like we've seen in one of the posts by Sean Baker, where he showed kids in Africa, you know, collecting insects and then making patties to make sort of burgers, but with mosquitoes. This is really sad. And, you know, it's great to have the survival skills in case you need them one day. But deliberately condemning the population to life in this survival mode, it's a whole other story. It's a crime against humanity. I, I don't have any other words to say when we have all these technologies. And it's not like they're not being developed. We have them already. It's just that they're not being put to use. Because how otherwise would you manipulate people? And uh, the article we started with, uh, George Kent, he wrote 10 years ago that this is the lever, food and water by consequence. These are the levers by which people agree to work really crappy jobs for a very miserable pay. It's not that it's being projected. I mean, we're already halfway there because this is already being tested in schools in the United Kingdom. It may not be the most developed country by today's standards, but it was always the most developed country like for the centuries
1: before that, I cannot fathom how we arrived at this, really. Yeah, so that's actually a very interesting topic you touched upon. It's not the most recent news, but we all heard about this. that The Nestle CEO, in one of the interviews, he said that water is not a human right. And water should be treated as a as a product, has to have market value, and has to be sold to those who have money, of course, to buy the water. But this was kind of shocking to me because... When you think about the guy who rules Nestle, it has to be like a happy chocolate guy, kind of like happy Willy Wonka. Or there, no, that's the guy who wants to take over the water from the whole world population and control their ability to have access to water because it's the product apparently he wants to sell to us. And no wonder when you know we donate money to help people in africa to have access to water what actually happens to that they don't do permanent solution in many cases they do not dig wells in there and don't provide the water for free as it should be they just supply the plastic bottles of nestle to there so it's a business model and it's very sustainable for them it's bad for environment it doesn't solve anything for the people But it's a constant money flow, which which is super beneficial. So, of course, they got on this gravy train and they're not going to hop off it anytime soon. If, of course, the people not going to say the word that it shouldn't be like that. And that interview got a huge backlash and actually the guy had to resign after a while. But the systematic thing didn't change, and they kept pushing for it. And, you know, in my, in my perception, it was like, like it's not going to work. Like, how, how can you limit people's access to water? It's just not going to happen. The, the water is everywhere. Like, how would you make someone pay for the water? And they came up with a solution. I'm starting reading these articles published all over the mainstream media in the beginning of 2022, like this year, and the idea they're trying to push on us. Wow, this is just shocking. So what would be your guess, Alex? Well, how do you think? How are they going to make us pay for the water, for the basic human need? You mean
0: drinking water?
1: Any sort of water. I'll give you a hint. It's an already existing scheme. It's the biggest fraud of the 21st century, the biggest money-making scheme, and they're not inventing anything new. They already take the existing model of taxing water quotes. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. They already take an existing model of taxation for CO2 and apply this on water. So you know how it went with CO2. First of all, they did the Kyoto thing. They were like, we're going to tax those who produce goods and, you know, this productions that have some CO2 emissions. Exactly same thing starts here. We're going to do this taxation on those who use water in their production, which, of course, eventually going to lead to the increase of the price of the goods, which we regular customers are going to have to pay for. But not just that, like look how it went from CO2, it went from like factories and big companies producing it's their thing, it went to the personal responsibility of each one of us, this idea that's been pushed upon us that you have a personal carbon footprint, you have to limit your carbon footprint, you have to offset it, so basically you have to pay for it. We know it's a scam, we know nobody is reducing anything, and that amount of CO2 doesn't matter. It cannot affect the climate, but what they do, they make a lot of money on it. It became the biggest, right now, at the current moment, it is the biggest money-making scheme. And they want to do this very same thing with water. So first, it's going to start with factories and big manufacturers and productions that's going to have to pay additional tax on the amount of water they use for the production of goods. And then the next step will be to push this idea that the water is a limited resource. We shouldn't just use it. We should pay it. And whenever you use anything over there in your house, you have to check your meter and offset your usage of water i have a question does mother earth get the money it's like it reminds me the scheme with the religious organizations that collect donations from the people kind of in the name of higher powers but i've been always curious like how do they transfer it (laughs) over there do the higher powers have a bank account Same applies to Mother Earth. It doesn't have a bank account. This money is going to go to the pockets of greedy, greedy, sneaky people who lobby in these laws that go against humanity. They do not solve any problems. They do not provide any water. They just make our life more expensive. And on the edge of the crisis, new economical crisis, which could be avoided, there are no talks about how to avoid the crisis. They just letting us to prepare for inevitable and make it impossible for us to sustain any sort of financial well-being during this period because the amount of taxes just gonna be increased much more. So I feel very sorry that really, really good people, most of the people of our planet, they are being tricked by this global tricksters. The desire of the people to save the planet, to care about the ecology, to care about the environment is being twisted and used against the people. This is a terrible thing. And the only way to fight it is with truth common sense and logic yes cs cs doesn't only stand for creative society cs also stands for common sense and i find it very very much resonating because it's very same thing use your common sense use logic and don't let anyone to push the ideas on you verify them do your own research. Like, you know, they're trying to blame you for doing your research, but do it. Do it against the whole narrative. And make sure that you understand where the money goes. Because if we just try trace the money, it's going to show us a lot about what actually happening with the social narratives for the good cause. Eat bugs pay for water, offset your CO2, live in a cell, don't own a car, don't own anything, and just give all your rights and all your personal information to somebody who apparently knows it better, how you should live your life. That's the narrative that's been pushed on us. The alternative is to build a society in which all people have the equal amount of power and no one has a power over another individual. This society, which provides everyone with everything necessary, with all the necessities that could be so easily covered by using modern technologies. Even the Sahara Desert, as we said, can be turned into a blooming garden. This is within our possibilities. And all it takes, it's not decades, it's not lifetimes, it's just a few years if we really, really want it. So the question for our listeners, do you want it? Write in the comments what do you want, what kind of society you want to live in.
0: The only thing that is being reduced is the amount of money on people's bank accounts and people's well-being. This is the only thing that's being reduced by all the CO2 taxes and future water taxes. It's the only thing that we are losing is our happiness, our lives. When you look at everything from the perspective that everything is fractal and that everything just is being copied from one place to another – as you said, why invent something new when you have already a working model? And everyone seems to be so much receptive to these ideas of saving the planet, reducing your carbon footprint, your water footprint, what have you. I don't think that this is something that people appreciate. And we, we are seeing the backlash after the article that was removed from the United Nations website. But many people would say, well, what's next? Well, okay, so we are against this kind of oppression. What can we do next? But next, guys, it's pretty simple. You can talk around you, like talk with your friends or with your family, and you will see that no one really wants to have the same outcome as the one that we just brought up today. So if no one wants this, ask yourself a question. Why do we keep silently accepting all these things, and maybe it is because we are accepting that these things are being perpetrated over and over again. Because next, I'm sensing this, it will be air. We were joking when we were kids, like, oh, you'll you will have your stamps for air. If you look in the same direction, we have food, water, the next will be air, and obviously the living space. I don't know, I'm not excited about this kind of future, but there is another possibility of living differently, and it is within our reach. We don't have to invent anything new, you know, we don't need any revolutions. We are the ones who are producing everything, and accepting just the idea of, imagine you are working at, uh, at the Nestle factory that produces bottled water, or any sort of food they are producing. And you're being told, look, you don't have the possibility, unfortunately, to have this water or this food. And it goes somewhere else. But yeah, there are some crickets for you if you want. We washed the machines and you can have this water if you want. You can maybe purify it or something. Guys, if we continue accepting all these things all the time, just read the article. Read the article by George Kent and you will understand everything. They are not even trying to hide anything. It was there for 10 years. 10 years there, people could have a look at it. Okay, we can understand it wasn't on the first page. Okay, we got this. But now that everyone knows, and it's all over the news, this is something that interests everyone. I think that this is more important than something that's happening in a court of law between two guys that are very popular. This is something that affects the lives of each and every one of us. This is a unifying point. Unifying point to have adequate as George Kent wrote, (laughs) just by the title, adequate food, water, and living conditions. I think that's a great unifying point that everyone should think about and unite on this point. Uniting on this point is not only possible, but necessary. Otherwise, well, you've got the picture.
1: Yeah, you know, one more thing It reminds me, there was this phrase... The world today is twisted and ridiculous and there is more fruit in rich man's shampoo than in a poor man's plate.